my nephew, Samuel, Walton Clevenger, has this little quirky thing in his personality. He has a very sensitive nose. And oftentimes, he'll be, you'll be with him in the course of a day, and he'll go, what's that smell? What's, what's that smell? You're like, what smell? He's like, what's that smell? And he'll, he'll wrinkle up his nose, and you can't smell nothing. He's like, and he'll, he'll grab something, he'll put it right through his nose, like, like, like a, he's making a connection with that object or something. I don't know, you know, and right there. And so many of us have, have that, that sense of smell that, you know, certain, certain aromas grab our attention. You know, when you drive by that one restaurant. Oh, brother. Some of you think about grandma's cooking. When I started talking about what's that smell, you guys, some of you are probably thinking about the guy who works next to you at the plant. <laughs> you know, some of, some of you can still remember things from your childhood. All you have to do is ha- have a certain a whiff of something, and suddenly you're back to nine years old, and you're playing in the yard at grandma's house or something like that. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, that's I, me, it's like when I smell like sea breeze. I can't wait till they develop smell-o-vision, man. I'll click on there, and I'll be on the beach in just about a minute, man. Hopefully the oil stays away. Because I'm sure that smells less than fun to, to take in. And so there, there, we, we, there, there are things that we remember, smells that remind us of other times, other places. Some of you can remember that, that fragrance the night of your engagement, either from your wife or your husband, your now wife or your husband, the perfume or the cologne they were wearing. Every time you smell it, you go, you go back to that place. You know what I mean? Some of us, uh, as parents, uh, have to deal with smells all the time. I was in the house last night. I got a two-year-old who's not yet potty trained. He ran by me in the chair, and all of a sudden I went, Woo! Woo! You know what I mean? And then you, come here, boy. Oh, man. And I'm not kidding. Fifteen minutes later, my little daughter goes, Hey, Eric's dirty. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. That's like twice in like 15 minutes. I thought to my wife later, she was out the ladies' night. Did you guys, how many, did you guys have a good time last night? The ladies' night out? Did, did, did you guys have a good time? My wife came home really late last night. I don't know what her deal was. Huh? Huh? Hey, all the husbands were going, yeah, tell me about it, right? Had to fend for yourself for dinner, didn't you? Try having four kids and not being a very good cook. Had to fend for yourself. You know, we ended up at Walmart buying frozen chicken nuggets, brothers and sisters. <laughs> So, my wife said, well, he didn't, he didn't, I didn't, I didn't take a dirty diaper all day. I thought, Lord, left that all for me. Thank you very much. The joys of fatherhood, you know what I mean? But as we think about that, there's a very, there, there's a, there's, I want to leave, you guys may remember, I'm going to show you two commercials, and we'll talk about the correlation here in just a minute, okay? You guys will remember these probably from the 80s and 90s, probably. Um, just something to get your mind thinking about smells. How's that? Oh, Thomas is like, wait a minute, hang on. Oh, hey, Roy, I just realized that was you standing in the shadows. 
Thomas's dad is up there in the crow's nest helping him this morning, apparently. I saw, I saw your wife sitting down here in the very back, towards the back, all the way from Iowa. Thank you for coming and joining us today. At first I thought it was Patrick up there, which is not an unusual sight. Turn to 2 Corinthians with me. Chapter 14, or chapter 2, verse 14. Paul writes like this. He says, but thank God. He has made us his captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now he uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God. But this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. Those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And Paul ends this little piece of scripture by saying, And who is adequate for such a task as this? Are you confident about the smell? You leave in your wake? Are you confident in the aroma you're leaving behind? Are you confident of what images and things you're leaving for people as they think about life with you? See, as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, we may be like the first commercial. Or we may be like, sure, unsure. The scripture says here, we leave a fragrance. Scripture says here that we are in Christ's triumphal procession. And we leave a fragrance. Um, You know, we have to consider what are we leaving behind. I've been talking for, with you over the last several weeks about the, the gospel that we are to carry with us wherever we go, whatever we do. We should be ready, Paul says, to be instant in season and out of season. Be ready to give an answer for the hope is within us. And that, that answer is found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I wonder at times, how kind of, you know, something that's really neat here is we are leaving a fragrance in the lives of several people or several God's not a person, but the Bible says our lives come up with a sweet-smelling aroma before him. 
The Bible says that we leave, we, we leave a smell in the nostrils of those who are both perishing, those who know Christ, those who don't know Christ, and those who are not perishing, those who have eternal life, those who are following Christ. We leave a, a particular smell in, the, in, in their nostrils. To kind of talk about, well, are you ready for the next one? Ticker tape? Not ready for that one? Remember that, that, that video? Never, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. i got time anyway. To kind of give you an idea, many of you remember like, like the newsreels from the 1940s? Remember when, when, when the guys came home from what was kind of appropriate that today we're talking about that? When Paul says here, we are, we, he has made us his captives and continues to lead us in Christ's triumphal procession. What he's talking about there is the Roman thing of when they would come back from war, they would bring with them the things that they had won. And they would have a procession through town. Uh, 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 denoting victory. And in that procession would both be the spoils of war, the victors of the war, and the captives of that war. And oftentimes, as part of that procession, they would, they would per, through the parade, they would be burning incense. And that smell would, would, would rise up. And before the Caesar, it would be a, 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 a joyful, awesome smell because it meant his guys had won. For the guys who had, who had won, it was the smell of victory. And to those who were led captive... Those whose doom was sure, it was the smell of death. Because you know what? As they'd march into Rome, you know what was awaiting for them? Was the arena. Wild beasts. As they marched through town, they knew what was lying ahead. So though they were all smelling the same smells, the smell had a particular impetus for each of them. To the Caesar, it was like, we are the victors. To the, to, the, to the Roman soldiers and to the, the people of Rome, it was like, we are ruling and reigning. And to those who were the result of the spoils, it was the smell of death. All the same smell. The Bible says here that we are captives of Christ. Paul's talking, he says, but thank God, he's just chronicled several issues and troubles and trials that they have gone through trying to, to be the bearers of the good news of Christ. But he says, but thank God, he has given us victory over all of those troubles and trials. He has helped us to win, and we are his captives, brought forth in the triumphal procession of Christ. He said, we are that. As you sit here this morning as a follower of Christ, if you've been held captive by his love, if you've been held captive by his gospel, if you've been held captive by his spirit, by his truth, today there is an aroma about your life that means different things to different people. Today, if you will carry that gospel message with you, I assure you there will be a smell arising from who you are and what you do. You are a captive of Christ he says, we are the fragrance of Christ to God. It's an allusion to Exodus 29. In Exodus 29, there's a commemoration of Aaron and his sons setting aside a, 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 a process, a, a, a procedure, a ceremony they went through to sanctify them and make them holy for the cause of, of, of fulfilling their office in the, in the temple. The scriptures tell us in Revelation that we are now kings and priests in the kingdom of God. We, as, as followers of Jesus, operate in that same thing that Aaron, that was only reserved for Aaron and his sons back in those days. And they would offer sacrifice as part of this ceremony. And the Bible says in, in Exodus 29, 18, this is a burnt offering to the Lord. It is a pleasing aroma, a special gift presented unto God. 
in verse 26 it says, take the, the, the breast, take the breast of Aaron's ordination ram. Live up the Lord's presence as a special offering to him. Then keep it as your own portion. In verse 41 it starts, it will be a pleasing aroma, a special gift to the Lord. These burnt offerings, listen to these words, are to be made each day from generation to generation. Offer them in the Lord's presence at the tabernacle entrance. There I will meet you and I will speak with you. I will meet the people of Israel there in the place made holy by my glorious presence. Yes, I will consecrate the tabernacle and the altar. I will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priest. Then I will live among the people of Israel and be their God and they will know that I am the Lord their God I am the one who brought them out of the land of Egypt so that I could live among them I am the Lord their God Moses writes here this offering this giving of uh, of offering to God is a sweet smelling aroma that God wants to happen every single day. And he will live with us there and he will show himself strong on our behalf and remind us that we are not just some ordinary people. We are a people with a purpose. We are a people who God has shown his mighty works to and his love and his grace and his truth. And that aroma should rise up before him, reminding us and him of that every single day. Wow. We are that to God. But that scripture, the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 also says this. We live off of smell to people too. For some of us, that smell, we're living as li- leaving his life. To others, you wonder why that one guy at work, every time he gets around you, he just gets agitated. He just becomes angry. You know why? He gets around you, the smell of Jesus is around you, and suddenly he recognizes, holy smoke, literally. (laughs) What is that? All of a sudden he starts feeling, I know where I'm going. I know if I die right now, something's up, and I'm not ready. And all of a sudden he begins to feel agitated. He starts begins to kick against that, and that's why he becomes that smell of, Oh, there's judgment waiting me. What can I do about it? And he doesn't want to deal with it. Or she doesn't want to deal with it. And so every time you get near, there's like this collision of kingdoms. And there's that smell of death. And you get around the Christ, you get around your Christian brothers and sisters, and all of a sudden it's the smell of life. We'll gather around a bonfire later tonight for one of the groups, and we'll have a good time, and we'll enjoy each other's presence. You know why? Because we're, we're reminding each other that we're on our way to a better place, that we serve a mighty king, and the smell is awesome to us, even though it'll be like the smell of hot dogs and marshmallows and things like that. That'll also be mixed in there. We'll have a great time because the smell of Christ is emanating to all of us. Man, Luke, Luke 10, 2 through 12 tells us that, we'll, that God will send us out to go do certain things. And so he says, in certain places, your peace will rest there. He says, when you find that person of peace, camp out there. Some of you are spinning your tires, getting around people who who constantly remind you, or that you remind them that they're going someplace, but they don't want to go. And they're kicking and screaming and, ah! And it just keeps coming, and you, that anger keeps flowing. You know what? Sometimes you need to just let that, not, not stop being who you are, but not, you, you keep wanting to get at them too. And the Bible says you find a person of peace, a person who, who, who takes that smell and goes, oh, yeah, what is that? And other than that may, may, not, may, may not be right with Christ, 
they're going, hey, what, what is it? That, that, that's, that's kind of not, what is what? And, and And God's going to bring a door for you to witness and minister to them. He says, hook up with them. Stay there at that person of peace's house. Cornelius was a person of peace, though he was not a saved individual at the time. He gave alms to God. He was a very devout religious man. But he was the, and when Peter came, it flung the doors open for the gospel to be preached to, to, to Cornelius' whole house in Acts chapter 10 or 13. This case me right now. And you do that. But I have to tell you something. That smell that you're emanating, that smell that's coming from you, isn't about you. You, like me, are inadequate. Paul asks the question after he makes this statement about the smell of life, the smell of death, the aroma of Christ going up to God. He says, who is adequate for such a task? Just like we, we described the aromas that, that, that fill our nostrils and remind us of Grandma's house and certain vacations and special occasions in our lives we are to be that, that reminder to people, that reminder to God of the sacrifice of his own son, that reminder to people of there's a heaven and there's a hell, there's life and there's, there's hope. and there's. Am I really adequate for that? Paul himself, the apostle who saw Jesus and talked to him face to face, goes, who is adequate for such a task? And if I look at me, I go, who is a- am I adequate for such a thing to carry that very aroma of Christ? Oh, my goodness, it freaks me out and it weirds me out. We are not adequate. How do we make sure we're, re- we're releasing the right fragrance? How do we do that? We release the right fragrance by doing something else Paul told us to do. Paul told us, our, 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 it's really neat, Mary, because you had no idea. This is the second, second time in two weeks something's been prayed in prayer meeting that was right for the heart of God, and the person praying it didn't know what was going on, and the other people doing ministry didn't know they had prayed it. But you prayed this morning that God would do a work of worship in our lives. Did you pray that this morning? Did you have any idea what I was preaching on this morning? None, did you? She said she, said she, she prayed a, 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 a thing of worship would overcome us. That would be so prevalent that it would radically change who we are. That would radically change where we're going. We wouldn't feel bad about just being drawn to a place of worship in Christ. Did you pray that this morning? See, the way, the way we make sure the smell we're leaving is the right smell is we be intentional and aware of the smell we're leaving. You know how we do that? Romans 12.1. Paul writes this. Remember we, we talked about it being an offering? Romans 12.1 says this. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God... That you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. The New King James Version puts it this way, which is your reasonable service. I believe the NIV phrases that last part like this. You present your bodies as living sacrifice, which is your reasonable worship. Verse 2 says, then you'll be able to prove that which, you, you be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to prove what the, perf, what, what, what the good, the perfect, and the pleasing will of God is. Maybe not in that order. Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us how to make sure we're giving the right smell. You know how we know we're giving the right smell? When we give ourselves wholly and completely in an act of worship. 
Maybe tomorrow morning you will wake up tomorrow and worship will just be all over you and, and it will bring you to a place of greater dedication, a greater consecration. Maybe before you leave here, you'll be driving down the road and be drawn to the fact that God has been so good to you and he is so amazing and so awesome. And suddenly on the inside of you, there's an offering being added up and given up that will just radically change who you are, where you're going, what you're doing, and the smell that's emanating from your life. The Bible tells us that God's perfect will is this. 2 Peter 3, 9 says these words, It is God's will that none should perish. God would like for the smell we're leaving to be in the life of every person, the, the smell of life. He wants every person to come to a saving knowledge of Christ. He wants every person around us to become intimately equated with him. And that is his will. He wants all of them to come to repentance, the scripture says right there. So we add that up. You know what? As you live out your life as an offering, you begin to show people the will of God. The will of God is that they not perish. The will of God is that they not be lost forever. The will of God is not that they face judgment. The will of God is that they, that not that they end up in the arena with the wild beast. His hope is that they end up on the right side, captive by love, captive by faith, captive by hope, captive by joy, captive by peace, not captive by addiction, not captive by lostness, not captive by depression, not captive by sickness, not captive by that stuff. And in your life, as you emanate the fragrance of Christ, as you give your whole self to him, as the gospel of Jesus grows strong and big on the inside of you, his will will be accomplished in their life. All of them? Probably not. Because he will never transgress their free will. But his hope and his desire is this, that they would walk with him and he would give them and they would give him access to walk with them. Be aware. Be encouraged that sometimes the reaction that people have with you is not about you. Some of you today, you know what? I'm going to ahead of myself. It's not about you. It's about them. Why is it that one person is just, ah, can I do something different? Probably not. You just keep being what Jesus wants you to be. If you know you're living the way Christ wants you to live, you know you're acting the way Christ wants you to act, don't, don't, don't change the doggone thing. You keep living the way Christ wants you to live. You keep saying what Christ wants you to say. You keep praying the way Christ wants you to pray. You keep being a, a servant and a, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a giver to them the way Christ wants you. Even if they kick mud in your face, even if they turn to Billy Martin at home plate with the umpire, still do it. Because it's not about, it. a lot of times it's not about you. It's about them. Be aware that it's Christ that makes you adequate. This morning as we were praying, I didn't even make a connection. I went back to my office after prayer. Several months ago, God showed me somebody as we were praying that they would reach their hand out towards God and as they'd reach, they would take a pause for a second and they'd come back and they'd look at their hand and they'd pull their hand back. And they'd look at their hand. All they could see is all the garbage they had done and they'd reach out for God or reach out to do ministry and they just reminded constantly of all the garbage, all the goofy stuff they had done, all the sin that was in their life, all the things that, that made them condemned and guilty, and they couldn't reach out, and they couldn't reach forward, and, and, and they, they kept drawing back from God, drawing back from the calling of God on their life, drawing back from all of those things. 
They kept seeing the dirt. But here's the thing. They had already confessed to God. They had messed that part of their life up. And so Satan had blinded their vision to, to not be able to see their hands as clean as their life is pure because it's not about you. You are never going to be perfect. You are never going to get it right. You're never going to do it completely the way it has to, needs to be done. You are never, ever, 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 ever going to do that. Ever. But you know what makes you adequate? The person of Christ. It's his blood on a cross. It's the perfect life that he lived. It's, it, it's, some of you think God's got something conjuring up on the inside of you about doing something significant in the kingdom. You're like, you were going to reach forward to that thing and you just remind yourself, man, you are such a doofus. Why do you think you could ever be anything for God? Why, why do you, and you hear that voice, and you keep pulling your hand away and pulling your hand away, and you're never going to make it, and you're never going to get there. And there's, there's just too much stuff, and you've thought too many thoughts, and you've done too many things. You've said bad stuff, and you've done bad things, and you, you've done all that, and you keep pulling your hand away and pulling your hand away, and God's saying, no, I've cleaned that already. It is washed. You're not adequate in yourself. You're only adequate to the person of Christ. If you've confessed, he said he is faithful. Listen to this. If you've confessed your sin, he is faithful and just. Listen, to cleanse us from all of, to to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from every bit of unrighteousness. Quit living there. Satan wants you there. He doesn't want you being anything for Christ. He wants you to keep pulling that hand away. You are not adequate. I will tell you that right now, but it's not about your adequacy. It's about his adequacy. You are the aroma of Christ going up to God, not the aroma of Aaron, not the aroma of Paul, not the aroma of Jim, not the aroma of Jim or Drew or Todd or or Andrew or William. You are not the aroma of yourself. You are the aroma of Christ. Hallelujah. We, we commemorate Memorial Day because people made sacrifices. Listen, the greatest thing about what we have, the freedom we have, is we get double freedom. Because we live in a place that has those red, white stripes and blue field with stars in it of men who gave themselves. God gave us a free land. But we are doubly free because the blood of Jesus, he gave himself for us. And he cleansed us and he has made us free from all unrighteousness. And we live here today because God's grace is upon us. Man, I'm... Woo! I found this quote, we may talk about Alexander the Great, Charles the Great, and Napoleon the Great, but not Jesus the Great. The the writer says, he is not the great, he is the only, he is the only, there is nobody like him, he has no rival, and he has no successor, he is adequate, Woo! I'm sorry, I am wound for sound because Jesus is good. Listen to me. You as a Christian today, you can leave the aroma of Christ wherever you go. So long as you are willing to give your entire being to him. And let the aroma that's emitting from your life to not to be you, but him. Coach, the softball team sitting right here. Monday night, I told you I'd play softball only to be a warm body on the field when they needed one because I'm not very good. I like to play. I'm a competitor. I do that kind of stuff, but I, I'm not, I am not good. Baseball, softball was never my deal. I was more of like a football, basketball guy. I like to play. I enjoy the competitions, but I stink. Listen. We went out there on the field Monday night, 
and it was real evident that the other team figured out where the weak spot in the outfield was. I was out there with a brother of mine who shall remain nameless for his own, and they just kept selling us, man. Ah! I thought, Lord, don't let him hit it here again. Don't let him hit it here again. Don't let him hit it here again. And the next thing you know, here it comes. Oh, great. Ah! In my heart, though, I wanted to be better. I didn't want to come off the field because you know what? I wanted to, I wanted to, to get better. And if I, if I stay off the field, I don't get any better. If I don't do what I know needs to be done to get better, I won't. You as, a, you as Christians, you know what? The smell of Christ is this. Not that you get it right all the time. I'm going to tell my son, I'm going to tell Paul. We're on our way home. And we, we had to go pick up one of our kid, one of our other daughters at another person's house, and we pull up into the driveway, and Rachel goes in to get to get, get one of our kids, and, and I'm sitting there in the car, and I stink. I mean, I'm sweaty, and I am bad, and, I, and I'm thinking about the night and how many balls I missed, and everything's stupid, and blah blah blah. And I'm, I just I went, man, I stink. <laughs> and my my youngest son Eric goes like this. He's sitting right behind me in the van. He goes, pop pop, stink, <laughs> pop pop, stink. I said, what? He said, pop-up, stink, too. I said, how do you know that? He's not even around. How the, you know. But you know what? We all stink. We do. We all stink. And without the aroma of Christ superseding the, the stench of our own stuff, we can never be anything. You know what? If you stop trying... If you stop giving it to Christ, you will never become what you're supposed to become. Your life will stay stagnated. You will never be the fragrance of Christ anywhere because you'll just quit. You cannot quit. You cannot give up. You cannot give in. In fact, at one point I heard, I, heard, I heard Drew say this as we were walking out to the field. He goes, he goes, who wants to not play defense? And I was walking out there across the field, and I thought, I should be get off this field right now. But something inside of me goes, nope, Aaron, if you don't stay out here, you're never going to get any better. And I just kept walking. I didn't hear him. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just kept walking. Then I found out later, one of the other guys who was sitting on the bench kept going, please don't put me out there. Please don't. He said, as a matter of fact, he was trying to hide from Jew. Like, okay, please, please. <laughs> don't put me out there. Please, please, please. And so we have to be at a place with Christ. Man, I'm, Wow. In a place with Christ where we're willing to let God stretch us. We're willing to put it down on the line and say, you know what? It's not about me. It's about him. What fragrance am I leaving? What, what, what smell am I leaving? Is it, is it me or is it him? Is it me or is it him? The only way it's him is when you lay down your life as a living sacrifice. Your life does stink. All by itself, it stinks. You don't need no help to make it stink. You do a great job all by yourself. Because I do. Christ helps us. His fragrance, as we lay that down, it comes up before God as a sweet-smelling aroma. As we walk amongst brothers and sisters, and those who haven't yet figured it out yet, but are, 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 are the, the Holy Spirit of God is drawing them, we are the smell of life. And to those who just don't give a rip, we are the smell of death. We can't do nothing about that. And we shouldn't apologize for being that. We shouldn't act any different because of that. We should keep walking with Jesus right through life, right through there. Today, as you sit here, as you go about your afternoon, some of you this weekend will go spend time with family. You'll go to a picnic or a, or a company deal tomorrow or, or someplace. I encourage you, go find some memorial thing to go be a part of. There's cemeteries and 
and AMVETs and all kinds of things, doing things. Listen, train up your children to appreciate what you have here. Don't make it just about a picnic and a barbecue and stuff like that. Make them, help them realize what Memorial Day is all about. Would you do that? We try to do that every year. Somehow, someway, get them someplace where they understand why we have this day off. It's not just a day off to go enjoy fun. It's not the first day of summer, people. I hate when I hear it on the radio. Celebrate the first day of summer. It's Memorial Day. Yeah, you know, and you're like, dude, it's not about, it's not even summer yet. Like, we've got like a month before it's going to become summer. When you're about doing your stuff today, tomorrow, when you go back to work on Tuesday, maybe you go back to work tomorrow. Let worship inside of you grow so big. Let the appreciation, the mercies of God, like Paul talked about, because all of us need Christ. Stand up with me. Let it be the smell that emanates from your life. If you're, not, if you're here today, you're like, Aaron, I don't, even know if I, know, I don't even know Christ. Well, you know what? You can know him today. And I know some of you are like, Aaron, you say this every week. You know why? Because I don't know every week if everybody's ready to go. I'm not going to presume that everybody is. You know what? Because that's a heavy-duty thing. God called us to declare the gospel. The gospel is this. We do stink. Jesus does not. He paid the price for us to be clean. He says, come get a shower in my, in, in my blood out of my life, and I will make you whole, and I will make you well. And on top of that, I'll give you heaven as your home. If you want that, he's here to give it to you today. That's the gospel in a nutshell, which is right here. This is the nutshell most of the time. If you were here today and you'd say, you know what, I, I want to be more intentional about the fragrance I'm leaving. I want to be intentional about laying my life down and causing the aroma of Christ to go up to God and the aroma of life to go out those who are, or, or, or with those who are being saved. I don't care if I'm leaving the smell of death with other people because they're, gonna, they're not getting it anyway. I'm just going to be the smell of Christ wherever I go. I'm going to lay my life down. Then today in this place, I want you to do something. I want you to, I want you to, to, to close your eyes. I want you to, because here, here's the thing. The place of, of sacrifice is a place of surrender. So if you're like, man, my, I don't know what, I, I want to make sure the smell is right. I want to make sure the, I can be confident. I can raise my hand. Not like this. Like that. I want to follow Christ. I want to better follow Christ. I want to give more of myself to Christ. And I want you to just, I, mean, I want to shoot them both up. Give, let the fragrance be sure around you. Don't wait. Anybody who's ready to do that. I'm going to be more intentional, Lord. I'm going to give more of myself to you. And if I don't know you right now in this moment, in this time, God, I'm giving myself to you. I am surrendering. I'm putting both hands in the air and saying, my life is yours. (laughs) Jesus, look around this building today. Father God, look around this building today. Today, your people are saying, God, here is my life. I lay it down before you. I surrender it before you. God, those who feel that guilt overtaking them, God, I pray, God, today they would be washed clean completely. I pray the smudges on their hands would be washed off. I pray, God, they'd be able to reach towards you. They'd be able to reach towards ministry. Their prayer life would cease to be messed up because of the guilt they feel. Their, their, Their work towards you, God, would be progressive and moving forward, God, because, Lord Jesus, your power and your strength is being given to them. Holy Spirit of God, come in and burn up this offering. Holy Spirit of God, come in and consume this offering. Lord, as we raise our hands towards you, as we surrender more of ourselves to you, God, let the smell of Christ rise up to your nostrils. Lord God, as we lift up our hands right now, 
Let the wake of the aroma, God, that comes behind us bring the smell of life to those who are being saved. And God, if necessary, let it be the smell of death to those who are facing sure judgment. God, your word tells us it should be that way. And so, God, we don't refrain. We don't pull back. We don't, Lord Jesus, give in in any way. God, some of these God, are raising their hands, God, and they feel weak. They feel, t- they feel tired. They feel wrung out. Holy Spirit of God, come in right now and bring refreshing and bring strength, God. Bring healing where it's necessary. Bring life where it's necessary. God, today in the name of Jesus, God, let the surrendering work of the Holy Spirit go on in our lives, a place of repentance, a place of strength, and a place of life come over us, God. God, today, let not this be any other day. Let this not be any other week, God. Let the fragrance of Jesus be in our nostrils and emanating from our, from our lives, God, everywhere that we go. And God, use us greatly in your kingdom. God, we trust you and we love you. We honor you with all that we are today, God. It's in the great and powerful and awesome name of Jesus, our risen Lord, that we pray and all the church say, Amen. Now here's the thing. It's one thing to make a response in a public setting where everybody's lifting their hands. It's another thing to go out today and say, you know what? I'm going to be that smell today. I'm going to talk about Christ today. I'm going to live my body. And if he calls me to go say something I don't want to say, I'm going to go say it. I went into a hospital room the other day. Walked in and a gentleman was dying. His brother was there. I didn't know either of them. I began to, to talk to the, to the gentleman that was the brother of the man who was dying. and He said, well, he's a religious man. He believes in the afterlife. He knows where he's going. I looked at him. I said, do you know where you're going? I know this guy from anybody. And if you guys know me, I'm kind of like, confrontation is not one of my strong points. And so, and all of a sudden, those words fly out of my mouth. I'm like, holy smoke, I don't know how this guy. And all of a sudden, it just hit me what I just said. And I seen big tears well up in this, in this man's eyes. I said, you know what the confidence your brother has? I said, he, he, he knew Jesus? He said, yeah. I said, the same confidence your brother has, you can have. Do you know that? He started shaking his head. And I said, listen, the same Jesus that gave him confidence will give you confidence too. Then I put the person who asked me to go make the visit on the, on, on, <laughs> in the spotlight. I said, listen, go call so-and-so because they know about this. And they'll sit down with you and they'll talk with you and they'll tell you how Jesus changed their life. And he's like, I said, can I pray for you right now? He said, Absolutely. We prayed right there, and he's still struggling and all that kind of stuff. But listen, we have to be the fragrance of Christ wherever we go. Even if words fly out of our mouth, we don't intend to say. Don't know who the person is, don't know how they're going to respond. Go and be that today. Go be a person who wins and disciples and sends the blessing and power of God into the life of someone else. You can do that with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the truth of God in your heart, and the excitement and the worship of Jesus growing on the inside of you, you can do that. Let this be no, no, no ordinary Sunday. Let this be no ordinary Memorial Day weekend. Let this be no ordinary week for you. Minister to the waitress. Minister to the gas station attendant. Minister to the coworker. Minister to that uncle who's just as mean and nasty as he can be. Go in the name and the power of Jesus. Go. Have a great week.